At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. Well, Sunday we continued in our series on relationships, and we talked about relationships in the church, and I want to, as I've told you, as I continue in this series, I'm not, not every Wednesday we've done it, but most of them since, uh, since April when we started this series. Um, just done an extension on Wednesday night of what I shared on Sunday. Not be exactly the same, some things added, some things taken away, but um, I, uh, th- th- this area of relationship that we're talking about on Sunday and tonight um, is very important to understand because when you don't understand it, the enemy uses it against you to shut down your destiny. Because whether we like it or not, so much of what God is doing and will do in your life today and in the days ahead, He'll do in your life through people. And He'll do things through the right people. And we have to understand relationships in every area, the things that we've talked about to this point. I'd really encourage you, if you, if you haven't listened to all of these, to go back and listen to the messages on relationship because of what we've been talking about. We started out with talking about Jesus' relationship with the Holy Spirit. We talked about Jesus' relationship with His parents and the Father. The Bible's just loaded with it. And... Um, and I made, the, I made the statement, I've made it many times, I'm making it again tonight, that without understanding the relationship that Jesus had with the Holy Spirit, with His parents, and with His Heavenly Father, without understanding that and developing that same type of thing in your life, you're not going to understand how to be effective at developing relationships. And I said this Sunday, and I say it again. One of the things about relationships is that we are accustomed to finding relationships that are drama-free. We, want, we, we just want relationships where we don't have, things don't get stirred up and we don't have to deal with anything. No faith in that. How many times did Jesus make a statement like this? It doesn't profit you a stinking thing (laughs) to do good to people that do good to you. He said what really profits you is by faith you do right even when other people don't. And you know why? Because when you choose to take that attitude... You get delivered, and the person you're dealing with gets delivered. Somebody's got to be the spiritual one. Somebody's got to be the one that rise up, and I'm, I'm going to do what's right no matter what anybody else does. And that's what the church is about. Becky and I have pastored this church for, in July, it'll be 35 years that we've pastored this church. 
And through the years, I've had people make the statement to me, you know, I didn't have any trouble with relationship or issues or things like that until I started coming to this church. Yeah. That's when it happens. Because Jesus said, you will be, Jesus himself, the head of the church said, you will be persecuted because of the word. You will be. Things will come at you. And if my statement is that that much of what God's going to do in your life from today on will be through relationships, through other people, then we better get this relationship thing right. We better get it right in, at, at, in every way, at every level, every type of relationship. Well, you know, uh, Pastor, I have a great relationship with my doctor, you know. see him once every year. And we're just, we're just best buds. Yeah, because there's no interaction. Hmm? You don't have to deal with all the stuff that could get stirred up. If you knew him personally or her personally, huh, it may not be that way. You might be looking for another doctor because that's, that's the norm. If things get a little tough, then we're going to look for another church or this or job or anything else. Well, I, I, I need a job where I can work somewhere where they're all Christians. I've worked with Christians. And when I have, sometimes I'm thinking, give me the morally people. (laughs) The Christians sometimes have, you know. I'm just saying, the deal with that is that Christians have a target on them. And if they don't know how to deal with their thought life and the attacks that come against them, they're going to do some stupid things. Well, I thought you were a Christian. I am. Yeah, but you, a Christian wouldn't do something like that. That's true. Any of you ever made mistakes in relationships? Yeah. I got both hands up. I've made some real mistakes in relationships. But you know what? Today, I love the thought of developing relationships. Especially with unkind, ungodly people. I like developing those relationships because I've got something today inside of me that empowers me to not be moved by their ungodliness, Christian, non-Christian alike. I'm empowered to develop that relationship. And what, I'm going to say this, and I want you to think about this. Jesus was all God, but he was all man right? He was all us. And Jesus had an effective earthly ministry where he accomplished everything he was set out to accomplish. He did it. He had a connection with the Father through the Holy Spirit the way we do it. And you know where he learned that? In developing relationships. He didn't have, we don't see record of one bad relationship with Jesus. Because he learned in in developing and working on these relationships, he learned how to go to the Father about how to deal with them. You think he'd, I mean, man, just 
Look at his 12. Start with Peter. <laughs> huh? In Texas, you'd say Peter was a piece of work. Right? But you know what Jesus said about him? He loved him. He chose to love him in spite of him. Chose to work on him in spite of him. How do you work on somebody that doesn't want to be worked on? You go to the Father and he shows you how to do it. Jesus learned how to do that through the relationships he had. We, we, have, we have record, we read it in, in one of the sessions, we have record that Jesus at 12 years old um, was with a group of people, his parents and a bunch of family members and stuff, and they'd gone to Jerusalem and then they left and went back to Nazareth, and they got uh, back to Nazareth and realized that Jesus wasn't there, 12 years old. So they go back to Jerusalem, they find him, uh, he gets kind of scolded for what he did, okay, and Jesus maintained a right attitude. You know, he could have said all kinds of things. He, the one thing he said was, I was about my father's business. I believe he gave that to his mother as encouragement that everything's fine. But he could have said, uh, mother, do you know who I am? Hmm? I am the Son of God. Who are you to tell me a thing? You get an attitude like that? You ever had an attitude like that when somebody told you something or somebody said something to you in a corrective way and you get attitude and, and you, you respond and you shoot back and, and you come against them for what they've done? Jesus never did that. We, know, we have no record of Him ever doing that, but He had to develop that and he did it through relationships with other people. And then, as things got more intense and more serious, he developed a relationship with the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says Holy Spirit is a he. He's a person. Jesus developed relationship with him. Jesus developed relationship through him with the Father because that's the way we do it. He had to do everything the way we did so he could be the perfect example that we could follow after. And in the world of the church that God is building, remember Jesus said, I will build my church, not my ministry. He said, I'll build my church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. That's why there's such attack against the church. And I'm just telling you that the church is the people, right? And the attack is against the relationships between the people. That's where the attacks are. That's why we have to talk about this. That's why we have to discuss it and we have to understand it so that we know how to develop right relationships, but yet, yet what God wants you to have is discernment in relationships that He will give you in how to develop them and which ones to develop. You're not supposed to be connected to everybody. And I'm just going to let the Scriptures do the, the working and the talking as we just go through a few verses of Scripture. Romans 14, 19, in the Passion, we read this Sunday. So then, make it your top priority. Top priority. Make it your top priority. 
man, the absolutes in the Bible. I mean, when he said top priority, is there top priority A and B? Or A, B, C, and D? No. He said, make it your top priority to live a life of peace with harmony in your relationships, eagerly seeking to strengthen and encourage one another. Why would you need to encourage somebody that's already encouraged? So right there, I see him talking about relationships that you don't necessarily want to do because you don't want to have to encourage anybody. I want people encouraging me. Now, that's the big problem in our whole society today. Everybody's about what somebody else needs to do for me instead of what I can do for others. Top priority. <clears throat> I read and defined the word forge um, on Sunday, but when you forge a relationship, not like forge a signature or do something dishonest or some forgery bill or something like that, but to forge a relationship is like making a chain with difficulty and heat and time. And I talked about the body of Christ being like a chain and being linked to, together. But, you know, the, you know we, we, wanna, we want those little, those little flip jobs, you know, where they just, where they just go together. But, but a real chain that's being linked together takes heat and time, difficulties, things in developing that type of a relationship. When you forge a relationship, it, it's not forged just, you know, by happen sense and, and, and just by accident, it's forged by design, and it takes time. And a relationship really doesn't become a relationship until you're around people more often than not. When you're in a relationship with people and you're not having to spend time with them, it's easy to say you get along with them. Hmm? It's easy to say that you're in agreement with them because maybe they said something and you're thinking, ah, it doesn't matter, I'll just agree with them because I won't see them for another six weeks. But people that you see every day or people that you see on a weekly basis where you're having to develop relationship with them, you have to choose to make choices, especially when God is leading you to that relationship. And tonight we're talking about the church. We're talking about the church. In Ephesians 4 and 15 and 16, and I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. I read this on Sunday also. It says this, Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of His body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Who, who, who makes it fit together? Who forges it? Him. Him who? Him the Word. So the more I know Him, the more I understand Him, then I have the ability to forge and connect and develop relationships that in the natural I wouldn't normally want to do or normally feel like that I could do that. 
So what do we do? Something, something gets stirred up, some red light comes up, you know, some difficulty in a relationship, and boom, we bail. That's what people do. I'm just talking about in general, people do that. In church life, people do it all the time. And what they don't realize is that when you don't go to Him about your relationships and your connections with other people, when you're not going to Him, you can bail from a relationship that is messing with your destiny. Because if you believe the statement I made earlier, God, the things that God is doing in your life today and in the future will be through people. But the right people. So you have to have the right people in your life. The reason we come to church, to what we call church, is because we want to become these parts of the church. He said, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. And it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and growing and full of love. That's what it takes for the body to develop. You don't realize how much the body needs you. You, you don't realize it. The body needs you in a huge way, but the body needs you connected to Him. This body of believers needs you to take the words you're hearing tonight and do something with them. That'll affect the whole body of Christ. We can't minister to everybody, but the people in your world you can be there and connect to, the people that you're a part of, like in this body of believers here, because tonight we're just talking about the church and relationships in the church. God wants you to develop those, and the more you develop them, the more you're developing the body of Jesus Christ. He's perfect, and He's the one that is causing everything to fit together perfectly. So it takes me believing that, me realizing that He, the head of the church, is the living Word, me taking the Word applying it to my life and becoming a doer of that Word. And as I'm becoming a doer of that Word, it's empowering me to develop right relationships with the right people. Right relationships with the right people. In Galatians 5 and verse 13, and I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. I didn't read this on Sunday, but I want to read this. It says in verse 13, For you, brethren, were indeed called to freedom. You've been called to be free. Amen? You've been called to be free. Only don't let your freedom be an incentive to your flesh and an opportunity or excuse for selfishness, but through love you should serve one another. So, how do you serve somebody? How do you serve a person? Well, you know, you go take them a pie or do something, you know. The only one that knows how to truly serve is the one that's the master servant. And that's Jesus. He didn't come to the earth 
to be served, he came to serve. And he said a number of different times in a number of different ways, the greatest leaders first have to be the, the greatest servants. But how do you serve another person? I'm just going to give you a couple of examples of what real servanthood is. If, um, if you are, I mean, these are just simple little examples, but God wants you to listen to Him about how to serve people in, in your life, how you are doing something that in the natural you don't want to do because, see, God the Father is Father of us all. So when you don't like what someone's doing and, and you come against them, but, but wait, that's one of His kids. Hmm? So he, don't, he didn't like it when you go around talking bad about his kids. I don't care what they've done. Hmm? Did Jesus die one time for everybody, for all sin or all mistakes that would ever happen on planet Earth? Ever? Yeah. So when I open my mouth and I start thinking that I've got it really together so I can criticize and judge this person, when he's told us, leave the judging to me, I mean, you can have opinions. Everybody has opinions. But you're not going to become a really good servant if you spend more time meditating on people's mistakes instead of how to be a blessing to them. What, what did he say? He said, don't let your freedom that you have become an opportunity in the flesh. How would you do that? By me thinking that I'm immune to all the mistakes in life and I've got it together because I'm free in Christ Jesus and I know it and I've got a dozen confessions I speak every day and so I'm free, glory to God. I'm free, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. That Dale, he's a piece of... <laughs> no, you've just turned your freedom into an opportunity of the flesh. Nobody said instead, serve one another, love one another. And we have to learn how to do that. If, let's say that, just, okay, just a real weak example, okay, but here, here's one of my examples. Let's say I'm, I'm at my house on Saturday, and, uh, and it's it, my day off, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm just kind of relaxing and resting, you know, and Corey calls me. And he said, uh, Pastor, um, I've called about 10 people and nobody can do this. I would never ask you to do this. But I've got this, I've, I've got to get this refrigerator from Home Depot and I've got to get it over to another place and I can't do it by myself and I really need your help. But I'm resting. Okay, Corey, well, let, let, let me think about it. I'll call you back. So you don't have to like it, right? You don't even have to do it. And you know what? You're not going to do it if you don't choose to do it, right? And it doesn't mean it's necessarily right. I'm just giving you a scenario of what do you do when you say, you know what? Let me see. We have the Holy Ghost. To be able to pray in the Spirit and hear from Him 
and get the peace whether it's right to do it or not. And if it's not, I don't have to go and lie to him and say, you know, Cora, I, I just had this couple other things to do and I just can't, not going to be able to make it. That's a lie. You don't have to do that. You can speak the truth in love and tell him, you know what? I can't do it. That's it. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to give him, you know, 15 excuses why you can't do something. I can't do it. I'm not able to do it today. I'm praying you're going to find somebody to do it, but I can't do it today. But if I'm praying and the Holy Ghost says, you know what? I want you to bless him. I've got something you have that he needs, and I want you to just be there for him. So, I pull out my phone. I'm still a little irritated. Corey, I'll be there. And when I make that decision, when you make a decision like that based on what he said, right? All of a sudden, you become like Superman. You know why? Because you did something you didn't want to do. Whether you, were, whether you like the person or not, okay, you did something you didn't want to do. That's how you serve people. But you don't serve them and do things for just anybody. You do things for the ones God tells you to do. Doesn't mean if I didn't do it for Corey, that doesn't mean that he's not special in God's eyes. God's got another plan. He's got another plan, and he didn't want me to do that. So we've got to develop our relationship with God so we know how to hear that. No, God just, no, God, God didn't want me to do it. It's my day off. No, that's an <laughs> excuse. You know, you're blaming God. That gets kind of worse. But he said, through love, that we would serve one another. For the whole law concerning human relationships, the whole law concerning human relationships is complied with with in the one precept, you shall love your neighbor as you do yourself. But if you bite and devour one another in partisan strife, watch this, be careful that you and your whole fellowship are not consumed by one another. How do you get consumed by one another? When you are about you. But if all of us are going to Him about whatever we need to do with whoever we need to do it with, then we're fulfilling the whole law where relationships are concerned. Watch this. But I say... Walk and live habitually in your own mind. Is that what it said? (laughs) But I say walk and live habitually. Create a habit to go to the Holy Ghost. In the Holy Spirit, responsive to and controlled and guided by the Spirit, then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and the desires of the flesh of the human nature without God. Man, it's a win-win. So if I develop that, then I'm not going to walk in that and walk that out. I'm not going to have those attitudes toward other people if I develop it. Got to practice it. You don't practice it, it won't work. 
None of this will work if we don't practice it. So, in one of the messages that I preached on, about Jesus and the Holy Ghost, I, I read these three verses of Scripture. John 15, 19, this is what he said. Jesus answered and he said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself. How, how much? Nothing. The Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do, for, who, for whatever he does, the Son does in like manner. Son does what Father does because he got everything that he got from Father because he learned it from his parents. Because he, number one, submitted to his parents. You say, well, yeah, but I, I'm already grown up and I didn't submit to my parents. We'll start submitting now. Well, who, who should I submit to? Well, just obey Ephesians 5 and 22. Submit one to another in the fear of the Lord. <laughs> Learn what that means. How to submit one to another in the fear of the Lord. How to submit to God where another person is concerned in how you're going to serve them, love them, and develop right relationship with them. Because a selfish person it stays selfish. We're all selfish. Every, every human being on planet earth has sel selfishness in their soul, in their lives. So we're all that way, but we don't have to stay that way. Thank God we don't have to. John 6.38 says, John 6.38, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. That's what Jesus said. And then John 14.26 in the New Living Translation, But when the Father sends the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, as my representative, that is, the Holy Spirit, He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. He will teach you everything and will remind you everything I have told you. Now, the reason I read those, I've got a, two other passages I'm going to read as I finish up. But the reason I read those is because of that last verse right there. He said, he said, the Holy Spirit that you have living inside of you, He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything. And how do we know what Jesus taught in that day? Because that's what I'm teaching you tonight. I'm teaching you what the Word says that He taught back then. I'm teaching you this tonight because it's His Word. So the Holy Spirit is going to take what you hear preached and He's going to remind you of this stuff the next time you got one of these situations where somebody wants to, you to meet them at Home Depot and you don't want to, or whatever it is. And you'll choose whether you're going to work on it today or you're going to put it off a week. I'm just talking about asking Him. And when I don't get any clear direction on something, I'm not going to make it up that that's what God wants me to do. I've got to hear from Him. God will lead you. Well, I didn't hear anything from God, so I just did it anyway. No, I don't think so. I don't think that's the way it works. He, he would lead us. So you have to develop the ability to be led by the Spirit 
to know how to make the right choice in a situation that I'm talking about right here that the Scripture is talking about. And the more you develop that, the more you have the ability to hear it, and the better you get, and the better link that you become, you, you, you become forged in that chain as a support link to the body of Jesus Christ. You don't know how important you are to the body. You realize that Jesus can't do effectively in the earth what He wants to do without you. Well, he, He's Jesus, He's God. I'm just telling you what He said. See, we're co-laborers with Him. We're, we're 50-50 partners in this thing. We're, we, we have an LLC with the Creator of the universe. He's already done His part. Now we're learning under His instruction... His word, His way of thinking, we're learning how to do it His way. See, the, the earth would be perfect if the church was mature. There would be no issues on planet earth. I mean, how many strange issues do you see crop up like every other week? There's like a dozen new ones. And it makes you forget the ones that were crazy th two weeks ago, you know. I mean, there's all kinds of nutty stuff that's going on. People, I mean, I mean, on your worst day, you're thinking, how do you think like that? Because they're without God. You know what you have to do? You have to make the choice. He did, he, in Ephesians here, he wasn't just talking about the church. He was talking about all men, all women. All people. And notice I just mentioned men and women. Okay. <clears throat> Galatians 6 and verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. So, go back to my Corey example. Home Depot. Give me a few minutes, I'll call you back. I don't want to do it. Sow into the flesh. Hmm? Reap corruption. I don't care what they said. Flesh. Father, all I want to do is what you want me to do. He called. I had other plans today right now. I know this won't take a whole lot, a lot of time, but I really don't want to do it. I'm just being honest. You already know what my heart is, but I want to do your will. Just like Jesus was in the garden, he said, Father, not my will, but yours be done. But if there's any other way, please, let's do it. And, and, and that's what Jesus said, right? So, Father, if there's anybody else, uh, uh, Father, could I call Richard? Could he come and, do, and go with Corey and go pick up that deal? 
No, I'm, I, you can't get out of it. See, I'm just talking about just developing it. You don't have to do anything, and, and there's not anything I'm saying today that should put you under any kind of condemnation whatsoever. I'm just telling you, get it from Him. And the more we do that, we'll be discerning. And listen, there's people that come into the church world all over the planet that come into the church world, and they got some stuff. And the church needs discerning people to know how to help them. But we got to devote our time and attention to the things of the church because the church is top priority. Jesus is building His church. It's got to be top priority. And you know what? When the church is top priority in your life, He'll give you the ability to handle everything else that you do. I don't care what it is. When we were, when our children were growing up and young and in, in, our, in our church at the time, had a, just a lot of young kids that played sports and did all kinds of things. And, and, um, and at the time, a, a, a lot of the church kind of preached against sports. Not, not, not everybody, but, but, but the, just people that I was around or that I knew, they, they, would, they would put parents under guilt trips if they missed church by taking their kids to some sporting event. Well, that's going to work. You're going to really build the church that way. Hmm? Okay, but back up for a second. The church is top priority. Relationships in the church are top priority. But the Holy Ghost knows the desires you have, your children have, whatever it is. He knows that. And if you put the church top, because that's what he's building. I'm not talking about just gates of the city. I'm talking about the church of Jesus Christ and relationships and this local body of believers, and you're a part of that, you've got to get plugged in and be, a, be that part. But you don't think God doesn't have the ability to give you wisdom about how to make it all work? Then again, you've got to pray and ask what's right and what isn't right. No guilt. You're going to do whatever you want and do whatever you want. I'm just telling you what's going to be effective for your life is to do what He wants you to do. That's all I'm trying to get over to you. Because we're here to build a church and the relationships in the church are, are top priority. Top priority. Because you're not going to, you know, the ministry opportunities... When my children did sports and played sports and, and, and I coached a lot of their teams and did all that kind of stuff, my goodness, the ministry opportunities. Holy moly, you know? I still, I'm in, in, in Kerrville all these years later and, and I'll, hear some, I'll hear someone say, hey coach, me? I don't know who you are because you were, when I was coaching, you were about this size and now you're a grown woman. I mean, I get, I, I, get, I get that all the time, or I used to get it all the time. But the ministry opportunities in those places, you don't think the church doesn't need to be there? Crud, yeah. I mean, big time need to be involved in those kind of things. 
but not at the expense of church because of what he's building. He's building his church. You're not going to be effective out there if you're depleting your church connection and existence. You won't be effective out there. You know what will happen? That'll become some big social group, and it'll become like your church. I'm just using that as an example. But there's all kinds of different examples like that where people can replace the church with something that's easier. Doesn't mean you can't have those things, and we need those things. I'm involved in all kinds of connections with other peoples. I mean, everywhere. But God makes a way, but it doesn't hinder my connection to the church and my responsibility for this local body of believers and our place in this city. We, we announced the other day uh, about our Mother's Day Out program or, or about the survey that we're doing on the Mother's Day Out. And so the rooms that we have for Mother's Day Out... Um, What was I going to say? Oh, the, the rooms that we have for Mother's Day out, we needed to know from the fire marshal um, how many children could be for Mother's Day out program and how many could be in each of those rooms. So I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to call him. I mean, somebody else could have called him, and I didn't have to do it. But I thought, oh, I'm going to call him. I didn't, I'd never met this fire marshal. So I called him and left a message, and four days later he called me back. And he was talking, he, he said, I, I, you left a message saying you needed to know the, how many children can be in each of those rooms, and he gave me the numbers, a whole lot more than what we thought. <clears throat> so it was good we called him. And, uh, and he goes, I just, I, I just want you to know that we here at, at the fire department and the fire departments appreciate so much what your people do at Thanksgiving and Christmas. He said, in fact, he said, it's almost overwhelming what you do and how much we appreciate you taking the time, all your families in the church. I mean, they've got families and stuff. I mean, he, he, was, he was thinking about how that was putting the families of this church out. That's what he was thinking about. That's got to put you, you all out I mean, he said, how many years have you done that? I said, well, I think 15, maybe more. He said, man, he said, every year, and the meals are, he said, I don't know, I don't know how long he's been here, but he said, I don't know that I've ever heard of anything that was not good, you know, any complaint, you know, from the firehouses or the police department, either one, just going on and on about what we had done for them. And I, I mean, I was just calling about Mother's Day out, Right? But I said, I want you to know that we pray for you and all of your men and women in your force. We pray for you every single day. And the guy just like, you could tell he was trying to, <clears throat> like I'm trying to do right now. But, but he, but he kind of collected himself a little bit. But he said, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. I said, and we really do, but we really appreciate you. And I said, we do that for you because of how you sacrifice for us and for our community, you know, to be on call and all those kind of things, you know, just on and on and on. We have to be out there, but we have to be the church. I'm going to say it again. We have to be out there, but we have to be the church. 
and the way we're the church is because we hear from Him the way Jesus heard from Him. That's our example. And when we get that right, every single relationship that you have will be good and better than good. You know why? Because you don't have any expectations on relationships. When your expectation is like this, years ago in the beta, well, we've done the beta Satan, but in the beta Satan series of John Bevere's, John Bevere said, you know, you, you always have these high expectations on your pastor. And he said, and you're set up to be let down. And you have these low expectations on other things. I don't know the relationship he's talking about. But the longer I thought about that, and I, and I think about that today in my own life, every relationship is down here. I put no expectation, but, but I'm willing to put it all on the line for the right relationships. Did you hear what I said? The right ones. Not wasting my time with relationships that God said, that's not going to do anything good for you or for them. I don't want you in that relationship. Low expectation on every relationship, but high demand on you to perform where God wants you to be. And you won't get that if you're not connected to the church. You'll not get it. And you won't be effective at it. All we want to be is a part of what He's building. That's it. That's it. We just want to be a part of what He's building. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's Word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.